Why does North Korea have to hide Kim Jong-un's poop? Why? <laughs> People are after his poop. He's got poop paranoia. You know, when you're this important person, you got poop paranoia. People want my poop. People are trying to steal my power. My power is in my poop. <laughs> what is going on? This article really, really raised my eyebrows. Like, why is he hiding his poop? Well, he's apparently staying in one of the world's finest hotels in Singapore. And uh, a fine hotel indeed. It probably has amazing bathrooms, you'd imagine. Um, and if you're a, uh, a crazy leader like he is, uh, you know, that's probably not enough. Uh, he's brought his own toilet with him <laughs> on his travels. He's brought his own toilet because he's paranoid that people want to steal his poop. So he's worried about people going into the sewerage system in Singapore or uh, the septic tank at the hotel, I don't know, and taking his poop and doing things to it, studying it, finding out what his diet is. <laughs> this is a crazy person on so many levels, so many levels. So he does this, he brings his own toilet. According to uh, uh, his, uh, his, I don't know, his, uh, his mouthpieces, they say that he does this because excretions contain information about our leader's health status, so they cannot be left behind. Yes, important information, like uh, how many Big, Na Big Macs does this fat ass eat on a daily basis? <laughs> but uh, scientists are saying, hey, you know, it doesn't matter that you do this uh, because, you know, bringing your own toilet won't prevent you from leaving behind biological material in your travels. It just doesn't, okay? It just happens. Someone can grab a glass that you took a sip out of. So what does this guy have to hide? We don't know, of course, but based on his rotund belly and his penchant for high-quality foreign cuisine, it seems unlikely that Kim suffers from the intestinal parasites that afflict many of his subjects. Uh, yet stool analysis would also show the presence of any ill health indicators such as excessive blood cells, unusual pH level, and bile or mucus levels. Um, even if these data points were out of the ordinary, their publication might weaken Kim's credibility as a powerful leader. So that's basically what he's thinking. It's sort of controlling his image. So uh, not allowing his, his shit to get in the hands of scientists is a way to control his image in the media because, you know, you can imagine a headline saying, uh, you know, Kim Jong-un's uh, chicken McNugget intake is off the charts and he's has, it's to the point now where too much sweet and sour sauce and his, his health levels are at a, at, a, at a red alert situation. And so that would show him as a weak leader. Now look, basically he knows he's out of shape, he's a fat ass, he has bad cholesterol, but he just doesn't want the proof to be really be out there, you know, we just, we have to look at him and guess, as though looking at him doesn't give us enough information, okay, we see you're a fat ass, sir, we see that you don't give a damn about what you put in your mouth, so, uh, what, what are you hiding exactly, that's just my opinion, <laughs> I better be careful of what I say on this podcast about that guy, because maybe he'll have me, you know, whacked or something, uh, I'm gonna wake up, he'll bury me alive in his, in his own shit that he's accumulating, be like, oh, you made fun of my shit, did you? Yeah, how would you like to be buried alive in a, in a, <laughs> in a, in a grave of my shit? <laughs> well, well, well. Um, so, that said, Kim's toilet doesn't give him absolute ability to avoid biological and chemical measurements. If they want to, foreign intelligence services could collect information from Kim in a number of different ways. By making out with him. Uh, no, no, but with physical proximity to him even, you can... Um, 
you know, because this guy goes on walkabout tours, whatever. He, he puts himself out there. But intelligence officers, officers could measure his, for instance, his breath or his sweat. Uh, they could analyze his body heat signature uh, as an indicator of physical ailments. That kind of thing could be collected. Now, also, if you're into Chinese medicine, I don't know if you guys are into that, but I'm pretty into that. Um, I get acupuncture when something happens to me. Uh, they can actually look at your tongue and diagnose you. So if you, if you, this is, this is crazy. This is weird. Totally true. You go to a Chinese acupuncturist or not, not even just Chinese. Uh, the guy I'm, I go to out here in LA happens to be Korean. Uh, but anyone who, who studies that kind of medicine, they can look at your tongue and diagnose you. Looking at your tongue, the color, the, the size of it, whether it's swollen or not. I mean, they can look at your tongue and diagnose you. So Kim Jong-un can be diagnosed in many ways, not just by getting a hold of his shit. And um, what a crazy job for a spy, by the way. Imagine that was your mission. Okay, yes, we're sending you to Singapore where you're going to, you're going to find your way into the sewer underneath the hotel that Mr. Jong-un is staying at. And you're going to take this vial. Get some of his shit. Bring it back to Russia. Yes, we want to test his shit. I don't know why I chose Russia. I just felt like doing a different accent. (laughs) Scientists, biologists have discovered an underwater octopus city. And they're calling it Octlantis. Because scientists and biologists have a sense of humor. Um, Kind of like us. Um, Me and you, my fellow weirdos. Uh, this is great. I want to visit Octlantis. This sounds like a great place to go snorkeling or scuba diving. Although I can't scuba dive, but I would, I would learn just to go visit Octlantis. Sounds like an amazing place. <laughs> At the end of last year, scientists discovered a small octopus city dubbed Octlantis. Uh, and a find suggests members of the gloomy octopus species, Octopus tetricus, are perhaps not the isolated and solitary creatures that they thought that they were. Yes, Octlantis features dens and apartments made out of piles of sand and shells and uh, (laughs) Poland Spring water bottles. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) And it's home to up to 15 of the cephalopods, according to marine biologists. They've recorded, recently they recorded hours of footage of the site, which lies about 10 to 15 meters underwater. Now, the international team of researchers saw the gloomy octopuses meeting up living together, communicating with each other, chasing unwelcome octopus away, octopuses, octopi, octopuses away, and even evicting each other from, from dens. So it seems Octolantis can be quite a rough place to live. They have, they have a society. Isn't that incredible? That's what the point of this article is. Octopus have a society. So, let's see. The new octopus city lies in Jervis Bay on the coastline of eastern Australia and is close to another similar site discovered in 2009 called Octopolis, (laughs) where we've seen a kind of octopus fight club take place in the past. Damn, they got some fight clubs? That sounds amazing. Wow. Uh, Both of these sites suggest that octopus tetricus aren't quite the loners they've always been portrayed. But what we don't know yet is whether these small octopus cities are particularly common or or exactly how they got started. Now, this is crazy. Um, usually, octopuses only get together to mate before going their separate ways again. But this research is showing, and more research needs to be done to understand why they might want to settle and mix together and have apartments and be roommates <laughs> and have a fight club. <laughs> this is crazy. 
One possibility is that these types of octopus settlements have always been around, but we're only now getting the technology and tools to be able to monitor them. Uh, this is really this is really something. I don't know um, if you guys are into science. Like I kind of nerd out a little bit about science, and one thing that I've definitely studied is uh, of octopus because they're they're quite advanced creatures. They have a language. They actually speak. But they don't speak using audio, verbal language. They use colors and shapes. They, they change their bodies to express themselves, to express their intention and to express their meaning. They're very, very intelligent creatures. And now we're seeing evidence that they also are able to set up very small communities, which this, is, this blows my mind. I think this is a stage, uh, this is a stage of development where, you know, you, you see like maybe, you know, millions of years in the future, octopus could, you know, not, not be quite like where humans are, but like this is the beginning. This is how humanity probably started. Just first, there was little tiny pockets of them, you know, and they communicated in grunts and there was like, you know, 10 of them or 15 of them. And then, you know, cut to, you know, tens of that hundreds of thousands of years later. And now we have cities, you know, maybe this is the very beginning of what you will see octopus cities. Now they're saying that these are cities, but we're only dealing with small numbers here. 15 octopus living together, that's small numbers. But imagine in the future, if we don't, you know, completely, completely destroy all life on this planet and uh, make the oceans uninhabitable for any life whatsoever, we might see in the future large communities of octopus living together. I, I'm very fascinated by this whole fight club situation and that they evict each other. I mean, in other words, they act like assholes just like us. <laughs> like, hey man, you know, can you imagine the octopus? You didn't pay rent, bro. You didn't pay rent. Yeah, you, you had to... You were supposed to give us a bunch of... What the hell do octopus eat? I don't know. You were supposed to give us a bunch of, a bunch of very small fish, a very small microscopic fish that, you know, we all eat. And, uh, and you didn't. You didn't pay up. So hit the bricks, bro. Hit the bricks. Yeah, go out. Find another place to live. You're evicted. And then they put up a little for sale sign on the pile of sand. <laughs> I mean, this is incredible. And how does a fight club work? Oh, I love it. And they, I love how they, they, this article is saying how they kick the shit out of invaders. Like other people come in, yo, man, what you guys got going on here? You got anything? We want to join the party. Yo, can I talk to some of your ladies? And like, get the fuck out of here, man. This is our little community. How dare you, outside octopus? This is fascinating shit. I don't know what you guys think, but yeah. Maybe, um, you know, maybe this is the glimpse of something on the horizon. Maybe octopus will take over all of Earth and humanity and do away with us. They would, they would kick the shit out of us. Certainly, they have way more arms than us, and, and they scare me. And of course, you've heard rumors of the giant squid. Maybe I'll do a story about the giant squid. But that's, uh, you know, if that's the future, then mankind's going to definitely get get uh, get destroyed. And I have no idea how to end this podcast, <laughs> this particular story, so you can hear me just rambling about nonsense. Sorry. <laughs> Ooh, the Guinness World Record for the largest skinny dip just happened over the weekend. Isn't that exciting? Who doesn't like skinny dipping? I've skinny dipped before, haven't you? I'd love to hear those, uh, I'd love to see those pictures. Send them on into uh, Weird AF News. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I don't want to see my weirdos naked. Maybe I do, some of you. Some of you are hot. <laughs> so the dipping strip on the Irish coast sets the Guinness record for largest skinny dip. Several thousand women descended on an Irish beach on Saturday wearing smiles and wearing body paint and uh, not much else. Yes, and I support that. Uh, the group set the record for the world's largest skinny dip. Now, uh, you can guess the number. They, this article is a little misleading because they say several thousand. It's actually only 2,500. That's still a lot of skinny dippers, though. That's a, that's a shitload. If I'm at the beach just enjoying the afternoon and 2,500 women show up naked, 
Like, what is going on? What is this beach? Am I dreaming? Okay, they broke the record, which was set in 2015. They killed this record, by the way. Their record wasn't even close. It was set in Australia in 2015. The record was 786 people. Yeah, well, they blew this shit out of the water with a total of 2,505 women. I'm assuming Irish women. They totally, this kills it, kills it. And the participants in this skinny dip, uh, which is an annual event, raised money for, I can't say it, Abaheen's Pink Tie. I don't even know what this is. Anyways, it's a, it's a charity that supports children with cancer. Over the first five years, the swims raised about $180,000. A crowdfunding page showed that this year's swim had raised about $13,000 in donation. Proceeds from a registration fee of 10 euros per person also go to charity. So that's times 2,500. So they've raised, you know, over $20,000 doing this for, um, to support children with cancer. This is fantastic. More naked women doing things to raise money for, for good causes like cancer. I so support this. I will give naked women my money. I've done so in the past. Obviously, strip clubs have taken my money over the years. And how good would I feel if, like, I gave a stripper my money and she said, you know, a couple of these ones are going to cancer. A couple of these are going to feed hungry children. Like, oh, thank you. I mean, why not? That would make me feel amazing. <laughs> so after six months... Here, hold on. I'm sorry. Uh, so the women who went into the water here, they, uh, they stayed in the water, which measured a chilly 54 degrees, for about five minutes to also set another world record for the longest skinny dip in cold water, apparently. I guess uh, that's a thing. Uh, oh my God, it was amazing, one participant said. I've never been naked in front of anybody before. Oh, that's sad. We should help you get... Let's do a Kickstarter campaign for you to get naked in front of people. <laughs> you want to get naked in front of me, honey? No problem. I won't kick you out of the bed for spilling crumbs. So this, she said, I've never been naked in front of anybody before except for my husband. And it was brilliant and embracing. That's fantastic. I think there's photos of this if you Google, um, if you want to see a bunch of naked Irish women um, running on the beach. Past attempts, by the way, to break the skinny dipping world record have not been as successful. A group in San Diego planned to break the record in 2016, but they were thwarted after failing to obtain the proper permits. Meanwhile, by the way, proper permits, the skinny dip, is that an actual permit you can get from the city? You go to City Hall, like, yes, do you have a, um, do you have a mass skinny dip permit? Yeah, because me and about 500 of my friends want to take our clothes off and go into the water. <laughs> That's a strange permit to pursue. Uh, meanwhile, other attempts are already in the works in Perth, Australia, where the former record for the largest skinny dip was set. Another group has begun planning to get back the record in January. Ooh, what are they planning? 10,000? 5,000? What's it going to be? And are you in Perth, Australia? You should join this record-breaking event and send me pictures to, to Weird AF News. By the way, uh, if you guys who are watching my YouTube channel have not uh, subscribed to the podcast yet, yeah, please do so. Uh, it is just a search in your simple podcast app for Weird AF News should do the trick and you should get on with that because you get extra things you get with the podcast that you don't get on the video and those of you listening to the podcast only you don't get things that you get if you watch the video for instance right now I'm showing my tattoos so you can come and see your host Jonesy showing off his shit right here while he does the story and uh, I could use some more subscribers too because I only have about 60 or so and that's that's a little um I don't know, it's, it's kind of depressing. <laughs> so come give me the love. All right, this is Jonesy, out. 
Hey, what's up, weirdos? This is Jonesy, your host of Weird AF News. Hope you had a great weekend. I want to thank those of you who reached out to me over the weekend. Stacy Coogan sent me a message. Thank you, Stacy. Also, someone named Zippy. Love you, Zippy. He wrote, uh, or she wrote, I'm totally with you. With people need to be more aware of their surroundings instead of looking at their phones. I use my phone a lot, but only when I'm sitting in a cafe on my own or when I'm at home. Never outside. When I'm crossing a road, I listen to your news on my Google Home Mini. I live in Scotland. It's good to listen to a news reporter just saying what he thinks. Well, thank you, Zippy. And for those of you who aren't aware, Zippy's referring to a story that I did last week about um, a pedestrian roadway that was built in China simply for people who never take their face out of their smartphone. They're, so you, you, they've created a safety lane for pedestrians that want to walk and have their face in their phone, <laughs> which, which I don't support, which was very clear in the episode. And, and, you know, it's getting a lot of feedback, too, which is fantastic. In fact, uh, on Twitter, someone named Lil Squit uh, wrote me about that, you know, the, z- the zombie phone lane. And <laughs> so this is great. Also from Squid, uh, from uh, Twitter, Eskimo Blubber, shout out. Uh, some Facebook people who reached out to me, Kip Green, Kendra Joyner, Ray McKinley, who, uh, who I love. Also on Instagram, Ophelia from Russia, who says uh, she listens to Weird AF News on the bus on her headphones, laughing out loud to herself, and everybody on the bus thinks she's friggin' crazy. <laughs> hey, I'm glad I can help, help you get through your day with crazy shit and, uh, and make you laugh. And, you know, but sometimes, you know, laughing all by yourself makes you look crazy to other people. So that's just something you have to deal with in life these days. So I'm, ha- I'm happy to contribute to that as well. <laughs> to making you look crazy in public. That's what I do at Weird AF News. Listen, if you guys want to reach out to me anytime, anywhere, uh, it's pretty easy. You can call 646-450-2012. Uh, you can also email me funnyjones at gmail.com. Send me a DM on Twitter. It's at Funny Jones. Instagram, also at Funny Jones. And on Facebook, it's Comedian Jonesy. If you haven't gone to my YouTube page and uh, subscribed and watched the videos on there, please do so. You can find a link to that YouTube page in the description of this podcast. Or you can just go on YouTube and do a search, Weird AF News. And you can find me on there. I want to thank you guys for uh, reaching out over the weekend once again. And please, keep them coming, man. I love hearing from you. Keep sending me articles you want me to cover. Keep writing in to tell me what, a, what an idiot I am and or you love me. <laughs> Jonesy, this is a first. I'm listening to you talk about the China cell phone lane and reading the New York Times at the same time. Wow. You have a article on your show that's in the New York Times. How strange. Kind of weird. See ya.